0: So here, what we're going to do today? We're going in. I'm going to go back into Genesis 32. Donnie, I'm ready for you to get up here with me and worship. Listen, if you stay, if you stay in this church, you'll make it. You'll make it, bud. You'll make it. Because every time you get here, you get infused with more power. You got that Holy Spirit up there, first fruits, didn't you? Oh yeah. There's power in that. There's delivering power in the Holy Ghost. If you let it work, it'll work. It'll happen. Genesis chapter 32, verse 3. I'm going to read from where I read from last week. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban. And now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. This is what we read last week, and I'm talking about his presence again. I may be on getting into the presence of the Lord for weeks. I don't know. But we've got to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, the devil wants to intimidate us. First of all, the devil wants to intimidate you, all right? The devil wants to intimidate you and get you to start being afraid. The biggest tactic that the devil has is fear. I'm going to say that real slow. The biggest tactic that the devil uses against us is fear. Yes. That's why the Lord says, fear not. The devil will lie to you. He will tell you that things are going to happen that never happen. Anybody ever experienced that? It's called worry. It's called stress. It's called being anxious. So the devil wants you to fear because fear is the opposite of faith. Fear cancels out faith. Fear was put in Jacob's heart when his men said, We saw Esau. We saw Esau. Aww, I sound like a giant Chinese guy. Oh, we saw Esau. Lord shouldn't have done that. Forgive me. You want a happy plate. Poo poo plate. Moogu guy pan. Whatever you want. No. We saw Esau. 400 men. And the Bible says Jacob was terrified. This is the same guy that the Lord said when he made pillows out of the rocks that he laid on in the middle of the desert. The Lord said, as I was with your fathers, I will be also with thee. This is the same guy That's the Lord told him and your brother preached a message and he used a scripture that I have used all over the world. I've read the scripture multiple times, but when he preached it, it just came to light. And the Lord said, I will not leave you until I have done everything that I promised you. I'm here to tell somebody in this church today God is not going to leave you until he has done everything that he has promised he would do for you. So if he told you he was taking you all the way to glory, he's going to take you all the way to glory. The problem is not what God promises us. The problem is, are we faithful to stick with the promise? Are we faithful to stick with it? Are we faithful to to believe when it doesn't look like it's going to happen that that one line in that song still haunts me since when has impossible ever stopped you when has impossible ever stopped god when has impossible ever stopped god in your life I'm sure the devil's told some of you that you're going to be broke and you still got two cents to rub together. I'm sure the devil's told some of you that you're not going to be able to live for the Lord. I'm sure the devil's told some of you that your marriage is not going to succeed and you're still married to the same person. I'm sure the devil has told you all kinds of things. Listen, listen. We'll just go to lunch after this because this is so good. All right? If I gave you any more, you'd, you'd just throw up in your mouth. All right. This is so good. If the devil could have killed you, you'd already be dead. Isn't that good? Class two If the devil could have killed you, you would already be dead. But you see, the devil cannot kill you. Oh, he can fight against you, but he cannot destroy you. Because the word says that the Lord will not let any more come upon you than that you are able to bear. And when it does, he will also in that time provide a way of escape. If the devil could kill you, you'd already be dead, so there he's already lying. Point number two toward a successful lunch. How do you know when the devil's lying? When his lips are moving. Every time the devil talks, he's lying. Come on. You gotta be with me. Is this so good? You just can't you just you know, is this too big of chunks? I remember years ago, I told somebody, Dave, maybe you was here then. I said, you know what? I just feel like a mama bird. I'm just going to chew it all up. I want everybody just to just open your mouth, and I'll spit it in as I go by. hmm Yeah. This is big chunks. The devil's moving his lips. He's lying. If the devil could have killed you, he already would have. So you know he's a liar. So you know that when he says you're going broke, he's lying. You know that when he says you can't make it, he's lying. You know that when he says you can't live for God, he's lying. It's all up to us whether we're going to live for God. It's all up to us whether we are our, our life is going to be pleasing to the Lord. It's our decision. Look at your neighbor and say it's your decision. Look back at him and say it's yours too. It's your decision, I'm telling you. It, it, Jacob is terrified, and then he starts dividing up everything. He starts to prepare. He tries to do it on his own on, own wisdom, and he tries to do everything his own way. And listen, regrets—I've had a few. Da, 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 da. I did it my way. You can't do it your way in the kingdom. We can't do it our way in the kingdom. We have to surrender to the Lord. We have to surrender to what he is calling us to do. We have to surrender and listen to him. Amen? We have to listen to him. I hope this is helping somebody already. I've only been in this eight minutes. And I tell you, I've given you enough for a whole week already, at least to get you to Wednesday night. By the way, I just remembered this. Brother Gary's ladies are just awesome. I'm telling you. They provided him with six dozen eggs yesterday. Okay. because they know what's at the end of this. They know what's at the end. I told my kids yesterday, we had a little birthday getaway for Mitchell, and I told them, sitting at the table, I said, this body was brought to you by Holsteins. I said... We bred them, we raised them, we milked them, they went dry, we ate them. This body is a Holstein body. Now, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. You can't go by your own wisdom. You can't do it on your own. You're going to have to trust God and let God do it for you. You're going to have to say, Lord, I'm going to trust fall into your hands and into your arms. Lord, I don't understand. And listen, there are circumstances that don't always look like everything's going to work out, amen? I'm talking now to somebody else. There's circumstances when you want the thing to work out, and it looks like it's not going to work out, and it's almost impossible, but we can't do it our way, Frank. And Elvis, we can't do it our way because our ways are not God's ways because God said as high as the heavens are above the earth so are my ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Amen? God is divine. He's almighty. We created in his image, but we are still subject to the laws of the kingdom and the laws of his word and principles of the kingdom. Amen? So we have to learn how to trust in him. Even though it doesn't look like it's going to happen, if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Amen? Amen? So you you can do whatever you want with your own intelligence and with your own devices. But I'm telling you, the frustration is at the end of the line. You can do whatever you can on your thinking and on your wisdom. Frustration is going to be at the end of the line. You have to find that place in your life where you totally surrender, where you totally give up. Somebody told me, my back's against the wall. I said, "Good." They looked at me like you're so mean. I am. I am so mean. I can be. I can be mean. But I gotta let the spirit work on me. But when I say good, you're at the your back's against the wall, it is good. You know why? Because you can't go back any further. You now have to stand there and face it. It's time to face what you're running from. Because you continue to run and hide and run and hide. We might as well just face it and get it over with. Face it and get it done and get it behind you. And then forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you're coming where your back's against the wall, you may want to stop and just say, Lord, what do you want to tell me while I'm here against the wall? What do you want to tell me while I'm here and I can't do anything else in my own power? I don't have enough money in my account. I don't have enough wisdom in my head. I don't have enough resources to grab or friends to call. What are you going to do? Trust. That's all you can do. And so Jacob is trying to do all of this. And during the night, Jacob got up and took his wives, his servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking the other side, he sent over all his possessions, then left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the, dawn, the, be- the break of the dawn. Until the dawn began to break. That's that new living I can't quote a very good Danny. Danny's on a tag team. I'm going to quote his King James he's going to quote my new living. Now, life's a fight. Life is a struggle. And you know what? It's all set up like that. Life is a process. And so God uses the process to teach us. And God uses the process, as they say in the Midwest, to learn us. God uses the process to make us smarter. Those of you who are grandparents, all right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Those of you who are grandparents, if you could take the wisdom that you have now and go back to when you were 12 and 15 and 20, would that be like,
1: awesome?
0: You'd be the smartest poker player at the table. You know which hand to hold. You know what to deal, what to hold, what to, when to fold. You know. That was a funeral song at my cousin's funeral, The Gambler. I'm t- that is not a lie. And she sang it off key and loud. Welcome to the Zimmerman family. Yes. But when you have 99 cousins, you got a lot of variety and a lot of talent. It just happens. But you're sitting at the table of life, and you've got all of this wisdom. And you're like, man, what am I going to do with all this? God puts it in us through processes of life. And God puts us it in our lives through processes, and we're learning. We don't even realize we're learning when we're really learning all the way through and we don't realize that all of this is happening when when God is putting wisdom into us and we're starting to realize this doesn't work and that won't work and you know, this better happen. And so here's Jacob. He's got his back against the wall and he's wrestling with a man all night long. And he's, the Bible says that he is not prevailing. He said he would not win the match and he touched the, Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. So obviously this man had some power. We know that this is probably either an angel of the Lord or the Lord himself is a theophany, okay? Where the Lord takes on a human form to where Jacob can wrestle with him. And this angel of the Lord, he's wrestling with him. And guess what? You're going to wrestle. I mean, things aren't going to come easy. If you have kids, you know kids didn't come easy. I love watching brand new parents that just found out that that the, the little tube thing that, you know, says plus or minus. This plus, they're all happy. They're just having a hee-haul party, man. And in all of my wisdom, I just like to share with him. I said, Do you know how that baby's coming out? You're happy right now, but I'm do you know what's do you know what's coming? Let me tell you what and Amy's like, shut up. Shut up. Oh no, I gotta tell him. I gotta tell him. You're happy now, but honey, you're going to be crying and screaming later. And the proud father's just there smiling. And I said, he don't even know he's going to have a left uppercut coming after him. Because I did. That first one, get out of here. Leave me alone. You got me in this situation. Processes of life. He is dealing with a a being that has more power than him. He is dealing with a situation that he cannot control. And for some reason Jacob is not giving up, though. G- Jacob is not letting go. He is not doing this. He is not letting this man win. And the man says, Let me go for the day's breaking, the dawn's breaking, and he says, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. Oh, if we in the church in 2021, could get the tenacity to say, I'm not going to stop until you bless me. I'm not going to go until you touch me. I'm not going to move until I get something from you. But no, we're satisfied to walk out of here as hungry as we came in. We're satisfied to just give up halfway through. I don't know why when something bad happens, we want to resign, move, quit, and all give up. Why, when something bad happens, do we want to resign, quit, move, and give up? Oh, man, you guys are so hard today. I'm sitting on this table, and I want you to realize what it says. Remember me, okay? I want you to remember me sitting here today telling you why when things get hard and bad things come and battles come, and disappointments come, do we want to, first of all, move, resign, quit, and give up? Where's the fight that says, I'm not going to let go until I get a blessing? Where's the, the tenacity that says, I'm not letting you go until something changes in my life? the Lord could have allowed this situation that you find yourself in that will shove you deeper into his presence. Because you see, in 2021, we are so busy, we don't want to be in his presence. We're too busy to be in his presence. I'm trying. We're too busy. We're too busy to be in his presence. So we went to this We went to this uh, place yesterday, all right, Uh, called a social hall, right? Well, one of you is shaking your head yes, and the other is shaking their head no. All right, we went to this place yesterday where you can go in there and eat, and then you you can do lots of things. You can throw axes. Yep, you can't take pictures of anybody with you but to put up there on the targets, but you can throw axes. You can throw axes. You can bowl. You can play Jenga. You can play uh, cornhole. You can have an arcade. You can do all sorts of things. So we, we go there, and it's like, The whole place is just big screen videos. I'm talking about screens that big or bigger, and it's the Cardinal game coming on, or it's a basketball game, or it's the NBA draft from who cares, 2003, you know, or whatever. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that our world is so full of entertainment that we never have to engage with anything. We never have to engage with anybody. We can just be on our phone. People are gonna start having surgeries for this movement. I've talked to people that have been engaged in that and they don't even hear me. You've been there. I don't I hope long on the end that you were asking, you know, not the one that you ignore them, you know what I'm saying? But we live in an entertainment world. That's why the churches had to go to screens, and the churches had to go to lights, and the churches—why? Because we live in a generation of entertainment, and a generation of media, and a generation of of hard drives and solid-state hard drives, and computers, and and projectors, and all kinds of entertainment, and our, and we visually stimulated now, and, and all of this business. And really, the most simple place to be, and the most powerful place to be, is in His presence. In His presence. There's healing in His presence. There's an answer to the need in His presence. There's a solution in His presence. There's there's peace beyond measure in His presence. In His presence, but you see, we're so we're so uh, 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 splattered and scattered by entertainment and by by oh, you know, now we have texts. You know, used to be, the big thing it was, I remember years ago, about 30 years ago, was you can email me. A preacher I was working with, he was over in Eastern Europe, and he said, whenever you need something, just email me. And he said, you email it, and I'll get it within seconds. And it's like, wow. Now, email's becoming obsolete. We're texting I've seen people grab their phone and say, I'm going to go to college. And I'm like, do you need a laptop or a computer? No, I'm going to do it on my phone. Whoa, whoa. Look, I cannot let that screen. What am I saying? I'm saying the devil has put substitutes for his presence. The devil has given us substitutes for the presence of the Lord. And we think we come into prayer, and while we're at prayer... We're going through our Facebook. Some of us will say, I'm going through Facebook praying for people. No, we're just diverted. Our attention is just diverted. You see, because we really don't know where it's foreign to us to get in his presence. It's foreign to us to get in his presence and feel him come in the room. It's foreign to us that when we feel him come in the room, suddenly a guy that hardly cries, an old choleric stoic guy that hardly cries, when his presence comes into the room, that heart just melts and the presence of the Lord just cleans you from the top to the bottom. Why? Because everything will be all right when you get in his presence. But the devil throws something at us. So simple, a little challenge, a little a little disappointment, a little bit of a, a, a trial. And lo and behold, we want to quit, give up, move, resign. We'll fight harder than that for a cheeseburger at McDonald's and somebody steps in front of us. And you know, if you put that sucker in a drawer, it's going to be there twice. Break down and die and dissolve. And what's it doing to your body? Lord have, have mercy. He said, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. I'm holding on. That's what God's looking for, somebody to hold on. God's looking for somebody that won't give up. He said, What's your name? He said, Jacob. Heel grabber, conniver, cheat, thief. I steal. I connive. I sell elevator tickets in a one-story building. I sell ice cubes to Eskimos. If there's a deal to be made, I'll make it. Oh yeah, let me give you some biblical for that. My father-in-law brought this up last week. My father-in-law said I can have all the striped cattle. So he said at the watering trough, I buried poles in the ground in front of the tr- water and troughs, that when the cows came up to drink, they saw those poles that were striped. And then, in the process of time, when they, they were fresh, some of you know what that means, when they became fresh, the solid-colored cows were having striped calves. But not just because of the Striped pole in front of the watering trough because there was a God in heaven that said, as I was with your fathers Abraham and Isaac, I will be with you also. And I will not leave you until everything I've said to you comes to pass. So when that sperm and that egg inside of that cow became united, that that solid calf became striped by divine intervention. What am I trying to say today? I'm trying to say today, well, when the promises of God are above your head, it doesn't matter whether it's solid or striped. When God says something's going to happen, God means something is going to happen. We just have to have the tenacity to say, I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to stop until you make it happen, God. Okay. He said, no longer are you going to be Jacob. He said, from now on you'll be called Israel because you fought with God and with men and have won. What's that word fought mean? That means you stuck it out. You stayed in it. Forty years this year we get to Holy. We had the Holy Ghost. Forty years coming up in June. You know how we got 40 years in? We just kept showing up. It's not hard to just show up. Just show up like you do for breakfast. Show up. They call you for lunch. Show up. Thank God they didn't do lunch lines alphabetically. Oh. Just show up. That's all you got to do. Sometimes I walked into church with a proud strut. Because the day had been good. I'm loving Jesus. Some days I crawled in here. Yeah. Some days you come in here and you're, Oh, yeah. Like today, man, today was powerful. Today was awesome. Other days, somebody says, let's just praise the Lord. You're just like this. And if you're feeling a lot of power, you go. Because that's all you got. And God doesn't care how much you got, just so you got here. Hear it? God doesn't care how much you got, just so you got here. He doesn't care how much is in your tank, because when you get in his presence, he's going to refill the tank again for you. When you get in his presence, when you keep fighting, when you don't give up, when you don't resign, when you don't move, when you don't quit, when you keep fighting one more round, he's going to keep showing up. Amen. He's going to keep feeling. He's going to keep healing. He's going to keep moving. He's going to keep taking care of you. Oh, I'm trying to preach hope to somebody today. Just stay in his presence. Don't stop. Don't stop. He said, tell me your name. He said, why do you want to know my name? I said, you're not going to know my name. And Jacob said, this place is going to be called the house of uh, the face of God. He said, I've seen God face to face. and My life has been spared. And Jacob's like, man, something going on. Amen. You see, Jacob was trying to get to something here. Now, I'm going to verse 25, Genesis 32. I'm getting ready. You're not going to do anything to it. You're going to plant some tomato plants out there. You're going to plant a little lettuce. But you're not going to till. You're not going to hoe. You're not going to dust it. You're not going to spray it. You're you're just going to take it easy. What kind of garden are you going to have? It's a nasty garden. You see, if the Lord took it easy in our lives, we'd just be a nasty garden. But you know the Lord starts to prune. And the Lord starts to till up the ground in our lives. And he allows bad things to happen to good people. So if that's the case, why does good things happen to bad people? You know, it's called life. Life happens. He said, you prevailed. God's looking for people to prevail. God's looking for people just to keep showing up, keep fighting. Amen. New living. Because you struggled. The new living says you struggled with God and with men and have won. There's going to be times when you struggle with God because you're going to wonder, God, where are you? Why'd this bad thing happen? And where are you? You're going to pray and you're not going to feel it. You're going to come to church at times in a service like this. In worship like this. And everybody's biting the ceiling. And I'm up there. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Fight. I'm up there giving you words of compassion. Now when you come up here. I don't want you crying. That didn't sound very nice. Don't come up crying. I want you soon one day I'll be gone and hopefully the next guy will be a lot nicer I, don't know. I want you to come up fighting I want you to come up with some purpose I want you to come up not giving up not giving in not retiring, not resigning not moving Uh, uh-uh. fight, fight how many times in history have you read about the loser Let me give you a biblical example. Twelve spies went into the land of promise. Two spies said we can do it. Ten said we can't. Would somebody give me the name of one of the ten? We don't talk about losers. Can anybody give me any of the names of the two? It said you, we are well able. Joshua and Caleb. I once again ask, can you give me one of the ten losers' names? They're recorded. Yes, they are. I know about one of them because I preached about it before. They're in there. You know why? Because we're not talking about giving up. We're not talking about stopping. We're not talking about failing. We're not talking about moving out. We're not talking about quitting. Get that out of your vocabulary. One old boy, short, fat guy, ball-headed, smoked cigars and wore a top hat said, we will fight on the land. We will fight in the air. We will fight in the sea. We will never, never, never give up. What's his name? Who? He was a winner. One old guy. He wasn't as heavy set as Churchill. Walked onto the shores in the Philippine Islands on the the coast, and he said, "People of the Philippines, I have returned." Douglas MacArthur. Winners winners. God was, you got what it takes to be a winner. Amen. He said, your name's not going to be a supplanter anymore. Your name's going to be a contender with God. Are you a contender today? That's where I'm stopping today. Are we contenders? Are we fighters? Do we have it in us to get our name over in the winner's column? care what the devil's doing. But let me tell you something. The devil can be fighting you. The devil can be attacking you. But I got one thing to tell the devil. You can't have it all your way. Ginger said something this week. She said, I preached a message years ago saying, this ain't Burger King. God is not a Burger King. You know what Burger King slogan used to be? Have it your way. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Da, 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 da. See, I watch too much TV in my life. Right? Have it your way at Burger King. God ain't a Burger King chef. It ain't about our way, it's about his way. He said, My ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. This is what I want to talk about today. Are you a contender? Are we contenders? Are you a fighter? Are you willing to stand in the gap and in the battle and say, I'm a fighter? I'm not stopping. I'm not slowing down. I'm not giving up. I'm not moving out. I'm not. I'm not moving one way or the other. I'm. I'm a contender. God said you used to be a supplanter, but He said, "Son, now you're a contender. Now you're a fighter." We got any fighters in here today? You willing to fight? A war is made up of many battles not every battle do you win but in this battle he that endures to the end the same shall be saved but you got to get in his presence you got to get in his presence like we did today every service we've got to have our goal i need you coming in here and saying i'm going to help pastor get in his presence today pastor how do i do that worship Pastor, how do I do that? Come up front. Oh, Pastor, I'm shy. I don't care. It's okay. We can tape off the spot over here for the shy people. We'll tape off this spot right over this square right over here. That way everybody gets to see you when they're looking at the screen. And that'll get your shyness out. We better put some puke barrels up. Somebody would be so nervous you'd be puking. Oh, Pastor, I'm shy. What am I talking about? I'm talking about getting out of your comfort zone. I'm talking about faith bombs, Alex Norris. I'm talking to Alex, and I say, what's happening to you? He said, God is faith bombing me. Let's all stand. God's faith bombing me. You know what? All of us need faith bombs. You might be here today, and you might say, Why well, this church is crazy. I ain't never been in a church like this before. No, we're not a church. We're the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom. When you get to heaven, what you think you're going to feel in heaven? The air conditioner? There ain't a big enough air handler in eternity to handle heaven's air conditioning, brother. I'm telling you, what you're going to feel in heaven, you're going to feel the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? You're going to feel His glory and His power. You're going to live in His splendor. Amen? But guess what? He gives us the privilege and the opportunity that we might as well enjoy a little bit of it down here, too. You used to be a thief. Now you're a contender. You used to be a cheat. Now you're a contender. What's God saying? He's saying, you got what it takes. Just stay in my presence. Just stay in my presence. Hallelujah, Let's all close our eyes. I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost if you can. What are you trying to tell us, God, today? What are you trying to tell us today? Devil, you might have me in a battle, but it ain't going to go all your way because I'm coming out. He said, I was a contender and I'm not going to lay down and let you have this. I need somebody to get that in your spirit today. I'm not laying down and letting you have this in Jesus' name. Shata mahasaya Yeah? And the Lord's faith bomb in some of us pulling us out of the f- fleshliness that we were in, bringing us into the principles of the kingdom. Why? Because God's getting ready to work in your life. God's getting ready to move mightily. God's getting ready to do it. da ha ba ha Come on now. Come on now. Keep praying. God's getting ready to do it. He's not going to stop until He completes the work in you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said you used to be fleshly. You used to be carnal. You used to be half in church. But He says now... I'm making you a contender. Now, I'm making you a fighter. Now, I'm going to give you what you need to go to the next level, the next battle. Talamaha Sanda Bahaya. Anybody here ready to get the contender's crown? If you are, come on up front real fast. If you want the contender's crown, that title, come on. Talamaha Bahaya. Your steps of faith, just say, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm gonna be a fighter. I'm gonna be. I can't. I'm gonna be a fighter.
1: Oh yeah! Rise Come on, who else is a
0: contender? I'm a contender. No pretenders. There's I'm a
1: contender. An army oh yes, Lord.
0: To, to break, break every, every chain. chain.
1: Break every chain. Break every chain. Oh, come on. There's chain. some chain
0: breakers here. Chain there's breakers here.
1: Contenders here. There's an,
0: there's an army
1: rising
0: up. up. There's breakers. an army rising up. Chain breakers bring. Stronghold destroyers.
1: Hadi, break, every chain, break, break every chain. Break every, every chain. Break every chain. Oh. break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every Come on now.
0: Can tenders lift those hands to it. Palms inward saying, I receive.
1: The I receive, Lord. I receive, I hear, Lord. I receive, Lord. I hear, the chains
0: calling. I may be fourteen or fifteen. They're I'm gonna be a chain breaker all my life. All right now, Come on, that's it, young person. The I'm gonna be a chain breaker. It's coming down.
1: I hear the chains I hear the I'm walking chains in dominion. I'm walking in the forest. I'm walking in power. I I hear the change. I hear the change. Jesus.
0: contenders. We're contenders in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: And there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. side
0: hallelujah Lord we just love you today Jesus put in my life God what it takes to be a contender you used to be a supplanter I used to be Lord all of the fleshly things but today Lord you're making me a contender hallelujah let God make you a contender brothers and sisters don't matter your age doesn't matter how long you've been in the kingdom doesn't matter it's all decision. It's all a decision to stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Just stay in the fight. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. Years ago, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And we had rented some farmland over on a hill across from our farm to, to make hay off of. We went over there, and we bailed it all up, took the wagon over. It was finishing gathering it all up. And there was uh, what we went to get. There wasn't much left on it, maybe 20 or 30 bales on the wagon. And I'm driving, okay? I'm driving. And my 70-some-year-old grandfather is sitting on a hay bale on the wagon. And we're going down probably a 7 to 10% grade. he yells up to me and he says, what gear do you have that in? And I said, second. And he said, you shouldn't be in second. With him saying that, I proceeded to try to put it down in first. take a picture, I'll get a picture of that hill needless to say I did not get it in first and now I'm jamming brakes trying to get it to stop and that wagon is pushing me down that hill faster and faster and at the bottom is a road with cars and a ditch and a fence and we're, I mean we're gaining speed we are I mean its it's over, we're not in gear we are in no gear at that point, second would have been a miracle. And I, I it must have been the Lord, because I thought for a moment in my 10-year-old mind or whatever I was, that I could let go and hop off. And as soon as that went through my mind, my granddad yelled, Don't let go. Stay on it. Hold on. He kept yelling that. We got down to the bottom. We went across the road. The front end of that tractor dropped in the ditch. And the front end of the, the nose against that old barbed wire fence. We made it. But you know, he said, hold on to it. Don't let go. Stay with it. Just stay in the kingdom. The devil's going to try anything he can. He's going to try smart things. He's going to try intelligent things. He's going to try stupid things to pull you out of the kingdom to get you to throw in the towel but just stay with it don't let go ride it out, hang on I tell you what, I did not go near that tractor for about two to three weeks and when I did, it was parked in the machine shed and I just climbed up on it real slow and sat there (sighs) hold on, you're a contender